This podcast is a folk media production. This episode particularly is extremely exciting. And a household food delivery and now a multifaceted app like Swiggy has taken off as an ever-evolving and dynamic offering in the country. Dale Vaz, the CTO at Swiggy, lets us step into the Swiggy world to understand how layered technology works for a seamless customer experience and what is really happening behind the app with its you know business in over 500 cities across the country and it's currently piloting new services just beyond food delivery you are listening to mashable india's how they did it podcast it's season 2 of how they did it and we go a little beyond just new and disruptive businesses of course we will speak to many of them in the season but we will also talk to the chiefs of all things cool well that doesn't change across the biggest companies people who've carried forward uh, legacies and generations of businesses also on how they are sort of treating their profile their workplace in india and across and seek lessons and stories from them that can be an inspiration to many as they tell us how they did it but before we proceed well you know it's the post pandemic world and we are all remote working and this was recorded over a video conferencing call the quality may be a little bit here and there please bear with us i am priyanka ganwani let's begin welcome dear to how we did it how are you doing i'm good priyanka thanks for having me Yes, not a problem. So it's interesting that you've actually been associated with, especially having a significant tenure at an app that you know I think is a household name today. Everybody has the app, and it's Swiggy. And you were also previously with Amazon and Process. So what's your journey really been like as you're heading tech for companies of this scale? It's been a a very fascinating ride. Uh, frankly, uh, when I look back at my time, um, I don't think I. uh planned it uh, but it so happened that uh, i've had the good fortune of being able to work in different aspects of the tech industry starting out with uh, software services with infosys and at the time uh, and i really got a really good strong foundation in building uh, quality software products infosys had a lot of focus on uh quality processes cmm level 5 documentation and then uh, moved from there to amazon which was kind of growing but hadn't still reached the scale that it was at it is at today uh, so i saw that experience of amazon going from being uh, a company that had pretty meaningful growth to being uh, maybe a 10x or a 100x company over the last 11 years uh, of my time there and uh, there again i had the uh, fortune of being able to work uh, with a lot of smart people trying to solve some really interesting problems using technology um, and there was a very int- interesting uh, learning there where you could look at how amazon tried to uh, automate and bring in technology to uh, streamline very physical processes things and things in fulfillment thinking about uh, transportation operations and my time there was uh, spent learning a lot of these uh, frankly from people who've been there before me um, and then somewhere along the way at amazon i moved into focusing on um, amazon india uh where um was uh, leading the team uh for the Amazon India tech team um and uh, the experience there was more of a startup within a big company 
really it uh, the feeling of being in amazon india was of a team that was trying to win in india and we were at that point the you know the team that was coming from behind uh, flipkart obviously had established itself in india and so from a positioning perspective really we were feeling like a startup where we had to prove ourselves in india and we had to rethink uh, the amazon product uh, for india uh, so again a great experience a great experience thinking about how do you operate fast within a big company how do you build an organization that can move uh, much faster than the rest of amazon uh, and how do you focus on also building hyper local innovation uh, so that you can take what is a global product and make it work for a country as diverse as india doing that for um six years with the amazon india team uh, and i thought it was kind of time for me to choose a different um kind of would say challenge uh, and swiggy came along and then swiggy is uh, essentially uh, one of those well loved products in india even before uh, i joined swiggy i was a big customer of swiggy and so i always knew of swiggy as a great product great customer experience uh, and also was very uh, a strong believer in the potential that swiggy had for the long term mm-hmm. um and in the last uh, about two and a half years now at swiggy uh, it's been a fantastic ride uh, we've taken swiggy from being a food focused business to being a company that now aspires to serve all kinds of consumer needs uh, be it food uh, be it grocery be it medicines be it daily supplies um you know diapers for your kid or uh, over the counter medicines for people at home or even something like a book uh, we distributed uh, textbooks during the uh, lockdown at covid and we helped students get access to thousands of textbooks uh, for example right. Right. Uh, so swiggy really is now like a household name and it's been a really um, i'm been very fortunate to be in part of this journey and be part of this uh, scaling opportunity where we've kind of taken swiggy uh, from the single category product to being a multi category local commerce platform right right so with the multiple categories and features you know what's the stress on technology and i came across the blog you know swiggy bites and i also you know read about the food intelligence that's been something that is critical to the features that swiggy offers so could you tell us about how that works along with the other technologies that you've been putting in place yeah yeah so um um at swiggy yeah, um at the, over the last few years what we've been working on is really uh, moving swiggy from being a tech business that is run with a lot of human inputs to being uh, an uh, a business that is essentially a combination of strong ai plus human intuition and human intelligence uh, so we've been building out what we call the ai stack at uh, swiggy um right and the ai stack is essentially this three layered stack uh, that we have uh the at the bottom of it is the data platform uh right. which is the platform that aggregates everything that we learn about from our customers drivers and partners so you can uh, imagine that every time as a customer when somebody comes to the swiggy app when they click on a restaurant or when they look at a menu or when they go on to buy something we record all these interactions um and we bring them into our data platform similarly when we have drivers out for delivery uh, every time they deliver something every time they pick up something any time there is an issue with delivery we are again recording and tracking uh, all this information and then the same is with our partners like our restaurant partners or our stores and so all this information flows into you know this this infrastructure that we built which we call the swiggy data platform right uh, which is pretty massive and we are processing more than a billion events every single day 
um, and you're bringing them all together into this single uh, centralized data lake um, and aggregating it there. Right. And that is the foundational layer on which the next layer is built, which we call the intelligence platform. That's the second layer in this AI stack. Mm-hmm. Um, intelligence platform is essentially the layer of technology that mines our data platform and identifies intelligence about entities in this platform. So when you think about entities, you're talking about, say, a customer. Uh, a customer is an entity. So right. we look at all this data that we are gathering and we try to infer intelligence about the customer. We try to infer intelligence about is this customer, uh, you know, what, what is this customer really looking for? Are they looking for Italian food more? Uh, is this customer preferring North Indian food more? Uh, does he or she have a preference for a certain type of dish? Uh, is there a certain preference for premium restaurants uh, over maybe discount uh, friendly restaurants? And so on and so forth. So we're trying to infer a lot of uh, you would say attributes about customers in this intelligence layer. Similarly, we have intelligence layers for food, um, and and that kind of goes back to your question on food catalog. Uh, right. The interesting bit about food in India is that no one dish is the same, right? Um, right. Uh, if you think about e-commerce, um, an iPhone uh, 10 is an iPhone 10 is an iPhone 10. So no matter who's selling it to you, an iPhone 10 is the same device. Right. So from that perspective, it doesn't matter who the seller is, you can always easily communicate to the customer what they're getting when they buy an iPhone 10. But in the case of food, um, there's obviously a very uniqueness to food that even if you think about something as basic as chicken biryani, a chicken biryani is different based on who is preparing it. Sure. You have so many different variants of chicken biryani in India. You have the Andhra style, you have the Lucknowi style, Hyderabadi style, you have the Tonne biryani style in Karnataka and so on. Right, and so when you're thinking about somebody trying to say, I want to buy chicken biryani, how do you describe a chicken biryani to that customer? How do you help the customer really find the biryani that they want? Similarly, uh, in addition to the cuisine style, there's also the spice levels. Uh, Some biryanis are less spicy, some are extremely spicy, some are more flavorful, some are bland, so on and so forth. There's also the preparation style and some biryanis are, you know, the meat is mixed up with the biryani or the vegetables are mixed up and some are actually cooked separately and so on and so forth. So when you think about trying to help customers navigate uh, the buying experience on food, you're really thinking about saying you need to build this way of being able to describe food to the customers, not just by the name of the device of the food, but actually by the attributes of that food. So when you are looking for biryani, you just wouldn't want to buy something because it says chicken biryani. You are looking also to say, is this the type of biryani I like? Is this the maybe Hyderabadi style biryani that I actually prefer? Does this biryani have less spice because maybe I prefer less spice and so on and so forth. So the food uh, the food graph is basically our attempt at trying to build this, you know, you can think of this as a social network for food, uh, where all the dishes that we have uh, in our catalog are all linked together uh, and they are linked together based on different kinds of attributes. Uh, they are linked together based the type of cuisine they belong to. So you have two Hyderabadi dishes linked together in this social network. Uh, they are also linked together based on the preparation style. If they are both baked or they are both fried, they may have a link between them. Tomorrow you may also have other aspects like the spice level, the amount of nutrients they have, and so on and so forth. Right. And so we are trying to create this as I said, the social graph of uh, dishes where every dish is related to another dish. And the way that helps the customer is that when you are trying to find something, 
Now, you may just come in with a very broad intent saying, I'm feeling like eating something that is baked. I'm not feeling like eating something fried. I want something a little less heavy. But I'm also feeling like having something like this, maybe seafood, right? So I'm looking for baked seafood. So how do you help the customer figure out from the thousands and thousands and of dishes that we have, which are the best possible baked seafood dishes that are available for them? And that's where the food graph comes in play, where uh, you can think of, we start with an item and then when a customer either likes it or doesn't like it, we show them more options. And we call this, call this the dish discovery uh, on Swiggy. Uh, so you'll see this uh, where you'll see dishes that you may like uh, be visible. Um, and then these dishes are basically dishes that we have uh, curated for you based on your specific preferences. So we have taken the intelligence of what we know about you as a customer and we've married that with the intelligence about food and we've come up with that subset of dishes that we think will be most suitable to you. And so that helps customers really discover the selection they want in as quick as possible a time. So that's kind of the uh, food catalog. Um, you know, and obviously the food catalog uh, is used in multiple places. So you think going back to the AI stack, as we said, the second layer is intelligence platform. Uh, the food catalog is, is one part of that intelligence platform. Now the third layer on that AI stack is what we call the smart applications layer. And the smart applications layer is basically the list of customer facing applications that consume all this intelligence. So there's, that's where you can think of search as an example of an application where it essentially uses the intelligence in the intelligence platform to provide a highly personalized search recommendations. Right. The beauty about search in Swiggy, uh, unlike many e-commerce sites, is that the search results that you see will be actually very different for the exact same keyword mm -hmm. compared to what maybe your friend sees on his or her Swiggy app. Right. Right. Uh, and that's because we've combined not just the keyword-based relevance, but we've also taken the relevance of what you have shown in your past behavior from the intelligence that we've gathered. We've also taken the food intelligence that we've gathered of the dishes and the restaurants that are serving that food. And we've said, okay, this customer, while they search for biryani, this customer seems like somebody who may like Hyderabadi biryani more. So let's show them these restaurants. While the same, or maybe another customer searched for the same word chicken biryani, but we've seen that this person prefers maybe the Lucknowi style biryani a lot more. So let's show him or her restaurants that sell that kind of biryani. And that's where these smart applications basically change uh, the experience for the customer based on some of this intelligence that we've gathered. Right. So all this magic comes together. Uh, this AI stack, this three-layered AI stack, this magic comes together. And you can see across the Swiggy experience, be it discovery, be it um, uh, the delivery experience, be it even the refunds and how we deal with fraud. A lot of this uh, basically changes to be dynamic, to be extremely personalized to uh, individual customers uh, as they use the Swiggy app. Right, right. So I think, you know, one question that I'm sure a lot of people would have posed to you and it also sort of comes to my mind is how critical is data security considering there is so much information coming to you every second, right? With every order, with all the different features that you have. How is, you know, what are the attempts, what are, what are the measures or how do you, you know, in terms of anything unlikely to, to happen at Swiggy, how is that sort of managed? Because I guess as a matter of fact, during COVID, these orders have only sort of increased that there's no turning back for the amount of food that people want to order, things that people want to order. So I've always wondered like that our personal numbers are going out and you know, what is it that Swiggy sort of works on doing whereas data security is concerned 
with every feature, every offering that there is? Yeah, it's a great question, uh, Priyanka, and it's something that we you know we think about uh, upfront and center in a lot of our product design and even as part of our engineering. Uh, so when we think about customer information, right, there's two types of customer information. There's one which is what we call the customer identifiable or personal identifiable information. Uh, personal information could be, for example, your phone number. That's an information that's very personal to a customer. That's information that can be used to identify uniquely a customer, right? So if somebody knows your phone number, they they know that this number belongs to, say, Priyanka. Now, that's something that is very personal to you. Now, that's one set of information. And so email, for example, is another form of personal information. Your full name could be another form of personal information. And that personal information is one type of information. And then you have these uh, second set of information, which is more, I would say, uh, generic. So generic information is the information that we basically infer from looking at multiple customers. So when we look at, say, 100,000 customers all ordering, uh, say, for a certain type of biryani, then we infer that these customers all belong to a certain group that like biryani. Now at that point, there is nothing in that information that is uniquely identifiable back to that individual. It's just saying that you belong to a group of people who have certain common uh, preferences, which is actually what we use for a lot of our personalization and recommendation. We only use the generic information that is available so that we can anonymize individual customers and make sure that only their non-identifiable data is used for any personalization or any um, feature that we have on the app. At no point in time do we, for example, look at your phone number and say, basis your phone number, we will do this. It's never a consideration or never a, uh, a point that we ever think about. So when we think about uh, customer data, right, uh, the first piece, which is the customer personal information, is something that we look to isolate as much as we can yeah. and store in as limited a place as possible so that as few people as possible have access to it. Right. So you can think okay. about um, uh, data security as basically data security, which is uh, data that is stored in places, what we call data at rest, and then data that is shared between different um, people or even between different services or even between the app and the backend, and that's called data in motion. So when you have data being shared across the internet, we also want to make sure that we secure that data. So there we do use encryption uh, to ensure that nobody can just hack into that data and just kind of pull out phone numbers from all the information flowing, say, between the app or between our backend uh, services. Right. Um, and then wherever we've stored data, there also we are, um, uh, we've put in access controls to make sure that very few people have access to that data. We've also put in controls to make sure that this data is going to be um, unusable to people if they do get it. The intent is that if people do get access to it, you have uh, what we call obfuscated. Obfuscated is where you actually mask the data in a way that nobody can understand it. For example, if your phone number, if I remove five out of the 10 digits in your phone number, right. it's useless to anybody who wants to use it. Uh, right. Even if they have that, it will just look like gibberish. So right. technically it is a phone number, but it is not a phone number that identifies you because five numbers are missing or five numbers have been replaced with five random numbers. Right. That's how we work on making sure that data is being, um, you know, kind of we, we first we manage the amount of data we have access to. And second, we also try to make it as unusable as possible to anybody who's trying to maliciously get get handle of it. Right, right. That's interesting to know because I've always wondered that, okay, my number is going to the delivery guy and I hope that he's not 
you know he's not misusing it or i'm i'm sure like a lot of so totally on that right uh, what we do with uh, external um, um, people like especially if you look at delivery or even restaurants right. we don't share customer numbers with uh, either the restaurant or the delivery partner um right. in fact the way um, it works is uh, you know you uh, have to you have to call the uh, delivery partner but that call gets routed through a call masking system we have right. so as a driver they can only call the swiggy uh, network which then connects them to the customer right. they can't directly call uh, the uh, um customer these are right. what you know intermediaries that we have built which make sure that at any point in time the phone number that is available is only available to swiggy it is not being passed on to a driver or even to a restaurant partner they get they get an app that we give them we give them a swiggy app that right. in the app they can use to actually press a button that then goes on to call the customer but they don't really see the customer phone number on their app they only get a button to call and then we take care of connecting it uh, to you as a customer right right so what's also very critical to do right because you know especially that i mean of course it's a lot of work put together what is your team like you know in terms of using all these technologies and there's also an engineering team in chennai who's constantly staying up all night to see you know the massive data points that come in so what what has it been like where's the back end is concerned and your team and how does the day really go working with them Yeah it's been um, it's been interesting i mean uh, you know if you had asked me this question say uh, even one year back would be a very different answer because uh, one year back we were all uh, sitting in one office and uh, very much like many startups we were all co-located uh, and effectively working is face to face um the last year with the covid pandemic we've had to change our ways of working uh, change our ways of working as a team and move from being you know, what is a typical co-located startup to being a very distributed uh, engineering team uh, in fact now we have not just people in chennai we also have a team in hyderabad uh, that we have uh, built so we have teams in bangalore chennai and hyderabad uh, and in addition to that we also have our engineers who've traveled back to their hometowns um, and uh, you know they have been working from uh different parts of india um um many from you know smaller towns where they have come from so uh, we've been able to actually uh work in this distributed mode pretty effectively uh if i look back at the last few months i would say that uh the team has done really well in being able to quickly adjust to the new world um and the way of working hasn't really changed fundamentally uh, at swiggy we still work off uh you know um, these plans and goals that we create as a as an organization and we've organized teams into what we call pods uh or now we call them streams the intent is that uh we take a business metric and then we assign um a cross functional team to focus on that business metric so we look at uh we take a product manager we take an engineering manager we take an uh, senior engineer uh, a data scientist uh, an analyst a business uh, counterpart and have them all come together to focus on a single business metric um so an example of a business metric could be uh, the delivery cost so one one you know constant focus is how do we become more efficient in how we deliver how do we reduce the cost of delivery right so that now becomes a stream where we have these cross functional people come together and then they work solely focused on trying to optimize for that business metric for the next 12 to uh, say 18 months Right. right. Um and so this pod model then is kind of 
taken across the organization so you can think of these pods or these streams that exist across different parts of our organization there is there's a stream thinking about how do i get search to work better uh, there's right. a stream thinking about how do i make checkout more efficient so that customers can convert faster there's a stream right. thinking about how do i make my customer service more efficient so that when a customer is contacting for a refund or for a cancellation they're able to do it with the least amount of friction uh, there's a stream thinking about how do i work with my vendors and my partner restaurant partners to help them uh, to be more successful in you know in doing self service and being more effective with their work so on so forth so you can think of this entire organization while it has scale the way we've we've kind of managed it is to break this down into more uh, atomic units uh, each unit is focused on a key business metric and each unit has a collection of cross functional people who then come together to focus on that and by having this cross functional team it kind of makes the team self sufficient that the team has within themselves they have a designer they may also have a scientist they also have a business person they also have a product manager engineering uh, leader so all of them basically are fully self sufficient in being able to build products uh, and solutions that are required to solve for that business metric Um, right. The only big difference I would say between now and last year was that uh, now we are having all of these stream conversations and all of these discussions having done remotely, uh, largely over calls and uh, hangouts and video conferences. So it's definitely been a, a different medium where you don't have access to people physically come into a room and whiteboard. Uh, but I would say from our ways of working, the team still has done a really great job in being able to operate in this uh, streams world or this pod world. uh even while being uh, pretty distributed right um, right now in addition to that um we also have a large focus of our team um and steady focus of our team on operational excellence um, which is ensuring that even as we are building new products new features we are making right. sure that um every single order that we deliver to our customers today uh is done as flawlessly as possible that's a big focus of our of our team uh, our big focus of our company is from a value perspective is on ensuring customer delight or uh, customer obsession and a part of that is making sure that from a consumer experience perspective every time a consumer interacts with swiggy they have as great an experience as possible so um you know the team is i would say time sharing some of the time bandwidth is spent in just making sure that we are focusing on providing as flawless an experience as possible so when you think about ipl for example uh, we saw a big spike in our numbers uh, but leading up to ipl the weeks before ipl there was a lot of hard work the team had to put in to start planning for the upcoming traffic to think about how many orders would be received to start thinking city by city how should we prepare for having enough number of drivers on the fleet how do we make sure our algorithms are tuned uh, to support uh, this new spike and all of this hard work kind of comes to a point when the ipl kicks off and when we see the uh, the traffic and the order spike and uh, all our systems and all our processes are working uh, flawlessly at that scale and so that i think is a key part of what we also do is, uh, is preparing for such kind of events and making sure even as we are building the next version of swiggy we're also making sure that the existing customer experience is uh, as flawless as we can um, manage it to be right right you know you spoke about your performance excellent and you worked with teams not just at swiggy and even otherwise and you know even backtracking to what you said with swiggy that you have these multiple streams and people across uh, specializations how critical do you think i know everything's become online now in terms of training and learning and how important do you think is 
where is learning is concerned for these engineers how do you think that has evolved over time what are the kind of trainings do you think like i mean does swiggy give these new professionals when they join the organization how important is it to be very contextual to the kind of work that they do yeah it's a, it's a great question priyanka it's something that um, i would say um, uh, many of us uh, in the larger ecosystem have been thinking about because one of the uh, challenges we see is while, while we have a very large base of um, students coming out of institutes across india uh, many times we find that there is a gap between what they have prepared for in universities versus what say an industry especially a fast paced industry needs and so we focused on that at swiggy uh, we have uh, what we call um, an engineering boot camp uh, for every new hire so boot camp is basically a two part training and it happens over four weeks it's a pretty long extensive uh, training the first few sessions the first few days of the boot camp are basically just focusing on the fundamentals trying to help make sure that we bring everybody up to speed in terms of core fundamentals and core computer science expectations so we focus a lot on new technologies that we use we focus a lot on the open source uh, technologies that are out there we help people give uh, context to how uh, you know we think about uh, building highly scalable uh, highly performant systems and all of that is essentially just to ensure that engineering now is at, a, at the level of pro, uh, building production level code and then the second half of the bootcamp is about where we provide them the swiggy specific context and this is where we then go much deeper into the swiggy stack uh we help people understand what how we have built systems what are the specific services that we run and manage and how do we uh, kind of control the entire flow of the uh, process from the way and the time the customer comes in till the time the food is delivered uh and so that second half is really where we uh, try to help make sure that the engineer coming out of the boot camp is feeling that they are ready to start contributing code now post that uh, once the engineer uh, is done with the boot camp we also then assign them with uh, an uh, real world uh, project right um, we don't you know the, we believe strongly that the best kind of learning comes in doing so we want people to be able to generate and build production level code as soon as possible so they can feel that they are being productive uh, but at the same time we also assign them a mentor uh, to make sure that they get the right support they need also they have somebody whom they can ask questions uh, from and then for an, an ongoing learning perspective and this is open to everybody at swiggy we have also invested in our own learning platform uh, we have a learning platform that is a tie up with a external provider uh, which gives people access to learning material from over the internet so this is a pretty amazing platform where you can search for any content you want content on technology content on uh, organization design leadership product thinking Uh, and it pretty much pulls in uh, top quality content from multiple sources across the internet uh, and makes it available uh, for anybody who wants to learn um, right. and you can build your own learning map so you can essentially as a swiggy uh, employee you can choose right. to say i want to focus on this aspect of my skill or i want to kind of move into product development and you can build your own learning maps and then finally what we also do is we we also invest in uh, in person or online uh, training from specific experts in the field uh, for example we just did a lot of training around deep learning where we uh, are looking to upskill our entire ai team uh, to move from traditional ml to becoming a deep learning first organization uh, and here we've uh, partnered with a third party expert who is conducting an intensive training 
Similarly, we do sessions with other experts, experts from the AWS world on things like DynamoDB and how to build systems. We also had some training from the Google Cloud team on uh, think how they think about building systems. And so we kind of you know focus on all these different aspects to make sure that you know we're always thinking about skill development for our team. That's extremely interesting, and you know, imagining that these your employees have to take something on like that is very enriching. Yes, so just to wrap up this conversation, keeping this year in mind, what is to come forward for Swiggy? What you can you know share some plans or share you know what are your thoughts going forward for Swiggy? Yeah, um, I think a few um, you know a few insights that we've gathered over the last few. Uh, maybe months or even years uh, will guide uh, the future direction. Um, the first thing is, as we've grown as a business and as we've established more of a pan-India presence, we've obviously moved having a single cohort of customers to having a multi-cohort customer base. So what that means is, uh, previously Swiggy was very much a, a service that was used by people in a certain age group. And you know, we would say maybe the 20s to 30s age group, people looking for food uh, delivery mainly as a convenience, um, and that was the target uh, persona for Swiggy customers. But uh, with the pandemic uh, and how food services have now become an essential commodity, we've also seen that the customer base has become a lot more diverse. Right. It has improved. It has changed. So now we see. People ordering food uh, from Swiggy at different age groups. Uh, we see people ordering food from very different profiles. Some people order food from extremely high-end restaurants on Swiggy. Some people order uh, food from restaurants that are discount-focused. Uh, we also see now with new categories that there are new segments of customers who are coming on board who basically are ordering less food, but they may be ordering uh, daily uh, essentials uh, which they need. Um, and so, what's happened is, you know, we've we've realized that we have to rethink the Swiggy product to also move from being a single size fits all to being an extremely personalized experience based on the individual customer. Uh, what that means is, uh, as we go forward, we want to be able to uh, extend the Swiggy experience to make sure that it is it's catering to the unique needs and the wants of every individual customer segment. Um, so. For example, if you as a customer, uh, let's say you you like ordering from higher-end restaurants, uh, so you know, we call you, uh, say, a premium-seeking customer. Now, when you as a customer uh, come to the Swiggy app, the experience that you have uh, should be and would be very different from somebody who is focused more on food as a utility, where for them maybe the discount and the deal is a lot more important than the premiumness of the restaurant. Right. And so the restaurants that you see and maybe even the delivery experience that you get and frankly even the customer service that you have, maybe even the refund policies and return policies that you have may become very different for you basis how you uh, basis your interest and your interactions on the platform. And so that is a key part of what we are working on to try to make Swiggy an extremely hyper-personalized product. A product that can uh, work for individual customers best suited to their needs. Right. You can um, also think about um, other examples where um, as we start to understand customers better, as we start thinking about their own uh, life journeys, how do we help uh, help them provide them with new additional services 
and make sure that they are you know kind of getting the different kinds of services and categories that they want for example recently uh, we launched health hub as a category on swiggy right um, it's a very unique category in the sense that uh, once you enter the health hub experience it's almost like entering a different app where you can see products that are curated which are focused on nutrition and health so you can see uh, information about the dishes uh, like their uh, calorie value the protein content uh, the amount of carbohydrates the fats that they have and so as a health conscious customer now you can come to swiggy and you can be in the health hub and you can find selection very easily and you can ensure that you are kind of catering to your life needs similarly there's a segment we've launched which is the premium segment where uh, there are uh, customers who are interested in ordering from the you know four star or five star restaurants or even the legendary restaurants and uh, they also want to make sure that they don't they have to pick and choose among like thousands of restaurants right so how do we give them uh, the premium experience and that again is a separate category we launched where if as a premium customer you can see a subset of restaurants that's curated for you uh, that provides you the kind of selection that's hard to get an interesting bit about premium selection is that you can order this this from um um uh, a restaurant that's pretty much uh at the other end of the city um you know you can order now on swiggy from a restaurant that is even 10 kilometers away which is very unique because uh, this allows people to get access to selection that previously didn't have access to if you are in, in the northern part of bangalore and now you want to be able to get access to some legendary restaurant in say uh, city central now you can get that on the swiggy app but that's available only to you because you as a customer are somebody who has shown interest in uh, premium restaurants and so uh, on and so forth right okay. so the entire kind of concept of rethinking swiggy to say how do we make it an app that is extremely hyper personalized down to that individual in, uh, customer that right or experience is going to be so unique that it feels like swiggy really understands you swiggy really knows you and then caters to different aspects of your need segment as as you and swiggy both kind of go through your life. Dear, thank you so much for actually giving me insight into the world of Swiggy beyond what I know of it as a user experience otherwise, but maybe I will look at the app a little differently now. Uh thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for uh, this time uh, Priyanka. Happy to be sharing my thoughts with the Mashable team, uh, learning from your feedback and experience on the Swiggy app too. Right, absolutely. Thank you so much. So catch the show every Thursday. Don't forget to review us. Tell us if you like the show or want anything to be changed and we are open to feedback. You can do so on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts or any podcasting app of your choice. Catch us all over social media. We are mashable.india on Instagram and on LinkedIn and Facebook as well. We are mashable india. And for more log on to in.mashable.com. Stay tuned.